lose feeling of your senses. Wild and crazy. Maybe winning a PGA Tour tournament. Yeah, I don't know. Bald guy still has it. Just grabbing a, a handful of back hair. You know, I just realized it's like 85 degrees outside, so opening the door didn't help much, but a little airflow would be nice. Yeah, it was kind of nice that we can literally hear the whole door just opening up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm <laughs> right next to the front door. <laughs> all right. Well, um, all right. Let's kick this off. Episode nine, Travis, I believe. This is episode nine. We um, have a jam-packed episode. We have a ton of stuff to cover here. I'm stoked to, to – we made it nine episodes um we have my cousin on this week who i'm pretty excited my other cousin i I think at the end of this i'm gonna have all of my family members just jump on every week and just have them talk shop yeah i I really want your dad to get on here at some point (laughs) that's the ultimate goal like we we run out of people so it's just like you know what we're well nothing against your dad but like we're just shopping for anybody and you just keep pulling in family members and then finally resort to your dad and then your dad just kills the podcast uh, I'm I'm thinking he would actually love to because my dad actually texted me um, a couple days ago. He texted me and he sent me a Derek Jeter article and he's like, I "Only sent this to you because of what you guys talked about." And I was just dying. I was like, oh, "I love it, pops." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not that it would be a bad guess by any means. Obviously, I don't know your father. I'm sure he'd be great, but I'm just saying, like, we we just run through your whole entire family and then and then that'll be it. <laughs> It's not like we have a shortage of guests. There's so many people who message me. I'm sure they message you like, oh, when are you going to get me on? I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know, whenever you want to come on, I guess. I We have a list of people I want to get on here. We do have some some big names that I have queued up for July to, to jump on. But um, I mean, shoot, if anyone's listening right now and you want to jump on, feel free to slide in my DMs, hit up Travis, and we can see if we can pencil you in. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I was getting uh, DMs from from like, I mean, one of the bigger ones, LeBron, he messaged me and asked if he could be on. And I was like, ah, I don't know, man. You don't really fit the bill for our type of podcast. But, you know. Oh, man. But we got Bo, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, but uh, before we dive into that, too, we do have uh, – in that same vein, we have some people reaching out. We had our first voicemail. I did send it to you. Uh, mm-hmm. we will, we'll go ahead and plug it in right here. Hey y'all, is this that that show uh, fresh off the fresh off the hooch or something like that? Yeah, fresh off the sofa, the love seat. Hey, it's a uh, uh, it's me, Billy. I'm here with my my friend Bob, and we just wanted to reach out to you guys. We saw something on the old app called a uh, uh, Tweeter. Is that what it's called? Twatter, 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 Twatter. Yeah, we were reading that, and we saw a tweet that said something like, um, "Go ahead, tell them what it said, Bob." Uh, it said it says something about uh, the Sacramento Kings organization. I think Sacramento is in, in California, next next to the beach. Uh, taking Keegan Murray and making making a terrible decision, and I've never been so offended in my life. Yeah, I couldn't believe it because, you know, I'll tell you a fun fact. I was actually produced 20 Olympic athletes and soon to be 21 because Keegan Murray will be the number one, the number one player in the NBA. They made a great decision. Wouldn't you agree? I'd absolutely agree. As sure as the sun's shining on the corn tomorrow, it will be. I, w- I was expecting an apology from this Mr. Bricks Goods. All right, well, see you later. And as you could hear there, Trav, uh, your brother um, <laughs> claiming himself as Billy Bob is hilarious. And then he has Zach on there. And my favorite part about that is Zach, I guess, was supposed to do like a, a South Southern accent. 
and he just totally missed it, I guess. And he just does his normal voice the whole time. And I was just like dying. And Brock, Brock's like keeping it up halfway. And then he's trying to like do Keegan Murray stats and stuff. And I was just like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah. Dropping like the school's, uh, what was it, Olympic <laughs> athletes. And then he was going to be next. Like, okay, buddy. And first of all, Brock's country accent, way overboard. And Zach's <laughs> country accent, absolutely not enough but the effort yeah. was there and I, i'm not gonna lie i laughed for the entire like 50 seconds oh, of that recording i had a i had a pretty good time listening to it oh it was so good them just rubbing in my keegan murray tweet about how i'm not a kings fan and then quickly change that real quick back to oh no yeah i'm not a keegan murray fan given that he's absolutely <laughs> crushing the summer league and summer league has no no representation maybe a little bit of how they're actually going to do in the nba but at the same time now i'm like all on board keegan murray i'm like yep 100 i'm i'm his biggest fan yeah basically summer league is just showing you exactly what they did in college like it's they're they're facing other rookies and other guys their age and, and it's not really a, a great indicator but i think it's a good thing to jump on board now before before you get in too deep to where you have to keep hating him even though he's playing well and you're like i you know I'm, i think i was still right when we drafted him i don't think it was a good pick he's dropping like 38 and 7 every game and you have to continue that that train you know yeah i i agree i think uh I, that's why i'm getting on now so at least if he does do well and be like yeah I, I loved him the whole time or i don't know in that same same realm at least being oh yeah I, i'm i'm being a, being a supporter but i did see a tweet the other day about like someone saying, uh, do you blame Kings fans for not being hyped on Keegan Murray considering all of our drafts suck? And then it, like you actually take a step back and realize it's probably not even us drafting it as a Kings fan. It's just that the Kings are terrible at player development. Yeah, th- th- that's a lot the same with like the Angels, right? Yeah. Like we, we trade for somebody or sign somebody that's a big name, super good. And then they get to the Angels and they like forget how to play baseball. And then it becomes a thing where it's not so much like, I don't think that I was wrong for being excited about the signing or the trade. It's mm-hmm. just I don't, something about these organizations. They just suck the life out of players and they become mm-hmm. nobodies basically like worse than nobodies. Most of the time, like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's a tough time to be a, a Kings fan for sure. But uh, Dude, it's a tough time to be an angel fan. I'll say that too. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think you guys, uh, you do, do whatever it takes. I mean, uh, A's have the worst record in the baseball, but I mean, being an angel fan, it's just, you have, the two of the best players to to ever step foot on a diamond, arguably like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, and they still find a way to just blow games in the ninth and get swept by the Orioles. Well, dude, this is the first season ever that I have I've stopped watching. Like I, I not I, I'll check in obviously and I like follow it to make sure. Like I'll check on game day or whatever, but I'm not sitting down anymore at <laughs> six thirty seven turning on the game and watching three hours of baseball. It's like. I'd rather keep up with my fantasy team than watch whatever bullshit they're putting out every single day. Yeah, you're just getting fresh off the couch. <laughs> fresh off the couch for my new <laughs> my new hatred for the Angels. Speaking of you being on your couch, I I do have to apologize again. I it was in Southern California. I'm still actually in San Diego right now, but I didn't come by and I'm apologizing, but I'm calling myself out, but at the same time, I literally was in there for a couple of days your work schedule. There's no excuse, but at the same time, I just literally didn't do anything. I just hung out at Connor's house and then I came down to San Diego. Yeah. I, you don't take the full blame this time. Um, you did text me and you were like, I would love to see you not much effort after that, but also I, uh, my family came down and obviously the other yeah. thing happened and stuff. So I was yeah. just not really in a, 
in a in the mood to hang out. I've been a little grumpy boy all week, but that's all right. We'll we'll get it together sometime. Yes, we will, man. I I know that, and I mean it's always great. We talk endlessly every week, so it's not like you know I I'm losing out on my Travis time, but uh, we will get together soon. Um, hey, you're only missing out on one thing, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of missing out on one thing, one thing only, we're missing out on Bo being on here right now. So let's introduce our. I think this is our eighth guest. No, maybe our seventh guest. Let's introduce my lovely cousin, Bo Avery. How are we doing, Bo? Doing good, guys. How are you? We're hanging in there, man. We're we're, we're crushing it. Uh, I had to give uh, Travis a little synopsis like I do on all the guests. So I gave him a quick synopsis of you. I talked about um, your, your fandom, the sports teams that you like. And then, of course, couldn't leave out the fact that you are the fantasy football commissioner for our family league. Yeah, it's the best fantasy league out there. Wow. Do That's... my question is, Bo, do the players feel that way or is that just from the commissioner's mouth? Um, yeah, you know, I, I at times I wonder who could run the NFL better, me or Goodell? So <laughs> I guess maybe it's me, the commissioner's mouth, but um no, it's uh it's definitely been a good few years running it and um it definitely hasn't come without complaints from the other members either (laughs) are are those complaints typically when they're like three and seven and they're like this league sucks the rules suck everything sucks (laughs) yeah that and the off season when i we add new members or new family members uh, or something and i want to change how many keepers or whatnot and and then uh you know actually a lot of it is at times has been like ben's brother alex where he's like you know he's in 15 other leagues and he's like in this league we do this this this." i'm like yeah "Eh, okay We'll do this. <laughs> can, can I tell you a quick story about a, a time that I was a commissioner? Oh, I'm still the commissioner of this league, but that this league absolutely fell apart. So I have a fantasy league with all of my old teammates from Alabama and just friends from, from, from Bama and one of my buddies from Vegas. And so we put, to, put it together. I think there's, there's 10 teams in it. And at the beginning of the season, we have this conversation over in our group message about being able to trade because it's a keeper league. You have one keeper every year. And we started talking about being able to trade for draft picks as well. Um, and the way that that would basically work is like, I would, you know, trade for Devonte Adams for a, for a second round pick. And then I would take the person who's giving me Devonte Adams. I would take their last round pick or, or whatever. And they would take my second round. So they'd have two second rounds and I'd have two of their last mm-hmm. rounds or whatever. So we had this conversation in the off season. Everybody completely forgets about it. And then once we start getting to like trade deadline time, I trade. It was that exact trade. I traded for Devonte Adams for, for a second round pick. And uh, the, the shit just blows up. It goes, it falls apart. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck? Where, when did we start trading draft picks? When did we do this? When did we do that. And we're like looking through We were talking on Snapchat at this point, which kind of sucks, but because you can't pull that back up. But we, I start looking for any kind of evidence, but I find nothing. Um, and then when we get to the point where it's time to do the draft picks, like the, we ended up trading, everyone traded like first round picks, second round picks, and there was like 15, 20 different trades. And we were trying to figure out on ESPN how we could make that happen. Ends up, can't really do that on ESPN because it's, kind of it's kind of like the – the most lamesman fantasy mm-hmm. sports thing ever, right? It's the stone age practically. Yeah. So basically we would have had to do like a draft on like a board where we would have FaceTimed and I had to pick people out, whatever. And it 
<laughs> it ends up even they started calling it the disaster league <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up having to just like start from scratch there's no more draft pick trading so after all of that we ended up just going right back to drafting full games. <laughs> yeah we actually had something similar to that too when uh one of our uncle it was like one of the first years where we decided you could keep people i believe and and going into the next year um, and one of our uncles who was um, was newer to fantasy football or fantasy sports in general, definitely fantasy football, he dropped Mike Evans at the end of the season because he was hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, that year, I don't believe I was I'd made the playoffs or I got booted out early or whatever it was. And, and everyone was well aware of what was going on. And I swooped and grabbed Mike Evans late in the season because he dropped him before the season was over. Actually, that's what it was. And I put him on my bench. And so he was one of my keepers for the next year. And everyone was like, whoa, wait, how did you get Mike Evans the next year when we go into our keepers? I was like, well, uh, Uncle So-and-so dropped him and I picked him up. And so that was a moment of, because I was the commissioner, I didn't want everyone to overthrow me like a coup. uh, (laughs) I basically was like, okay, I won't, I'll keep him as my keeper as whatever round our uncle drafted him in the previous year. I won't have him as my last round draft pick because that would have just been almost too unfair but yeah that was a moment when i made an executive decision not to get overthrown with pitchforks and i was like (laughs) (laughs) a smart man and also here trap you gotta understand is this league is filled with all of our uncles you have my brother literally family who's who's very um my brother is he's just unruly at times of course and then you have my cousin rob who's a lawyer so he comes at it very like (laughs) like all right like questioning it's like dude this is literally a fantasy football league we actually had one of our uncles get so mad during the draft one year because he couldn't figure out the draft (laughs) he like just quit he's like i'm done i'm quitting i'm done i'm out and i'm like dude you can't quit you're in you're in forever like i'm sorry no he's he's no longer in the league yeah, the Rob, auto draft Rob... picked three tight ends in a row for him, and he he lost it. And he said, "I'm done." Rob comes out. He's like, "This reminds me of a lot of Charles River Bridge versus Warren Bridge, 1837." Chief Justice Roger Brooke Taney decided, "Bang!" You're like, this is fantasy football, pal. Relax. Uh, I will have to admit that I have created a document and saved it because of people like Rob and Alex and others. So we do have a rule document because. That way, it is what it is. It's on paper. Yep, there you go. Yeah. We got we, we, we written down rules. Yeah, well, you have to get like that, though, too, especially fantasy football. A lot of these things, uh, I don't think any of my uncles will listen to this. If they do, I'd say it to their face anyway. But, like, this is what they look forward to, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times. It's like, all right. Like, we're, we're, uh, like, can you believe, like, the, the water cooler talker when we meet up at a family event? Like, can you believe Uncle Rick traded freaking uh, <laughs> Steven Gostowski for Rob Gronkowski there? What is he thinking? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's it. Because, like, us us as the cousins knowing fantasy football more, I feel like we have a little bit more knowledge on how to pick. But then we yeah. have one of my one of my uncles who consistently, I swear to God, he picks, he picks a kicker in round three every year. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah having the best kicker in the league is a very very good move everybody knows that yeah that is true i agree with you Trav. he has statistically improved each year though we, we will give him that like yeah the first year he made tons of mistakes and probably got last and i think last year he actually made the playoffs and went went decently and so he, he's definitely learned but it's been a steep learning curve for him in the beginning <laughs> all right yeah. well let, let me ask you this if you have the number one pick at of the fantasy draft this year, no keepers involved, obviously, who are you taking? Oh man, that is tough. I I'm not on the, 
probably in the past few seasons where a lot of people were on the the CMC Christian McCaffrey hype train. I just the injury is worried me too much. Um, honestly, I'd have to go. I am a little biased because I've had Eckler as a keeper the last few years, mm. um, and I don't get to keep him this year, so he he gets to be free and get redrafted. But um, I, yeah, maybe Eckler or trying to think of who was the other running back last year that did really well you're know. not you're not taking derrick henry here you know i don't think I, me personally if i had number one i would not take derrick henry i don't think he's going to i don't know i just the wear and tear and there's got to be a little bit of a regression to the mean there where certain things aren't just going to fall and i feel like the titans they don't have aj brown Tannehill was was you know okay in the playoffs obviously didn't have a great game against the Bengals, so you know, I just don't know how, how good the Titans will be as much next year. Well, I, th- I think the hard part is, too, with Henry is like, it, and there's nothing that I'm saying that would tell, like, I'm not saying that he there's no chance he's going to be the number one running back next year, but it's the, in fantasy, and you guys play PPR, yeah. right? Okay. In a PPR league, like, he's he's still managing to score the most points because obviously he gets 30 carries a game and he scores so many touchdowns, but... Right. It's so much more comforting as the number one pick drafting somebody who catches the ball a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I'm not talking like CMC back in the day when he was getting like fucking 10 catches a game and he was scoring like um, he was dropping 40 burgers almost every week. It felt like, Yeah. but for Henry, you know, one or two catches a game, you know, that doesn't really make me feel very like, I feel like the, the ceiling is obviously high, but it's a lot higher for guys who do catch balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I also like Jonathan Taylor too. That was who I was thinking of. Yeah. That's, that's my number one. Like, and I think it, it's a lock. I think the, the Colts finally found a way to really, you know, include him in their offense in different ways. I've been seeing things about how the, the offensive coordinator is talking about getting him involved even more, which I don't know how that's possible, but he could be the, he could very well be the next CMC where he's going to have two or three incredible years and then he's just going to start getting hurt every time he gets sneezed on yeah well, well here's the thing like for me i i think there's gonna be some regression with him but i'm going number one overall cooper cup Oof. and everyone's like, like oh cooper my god cup. i love cooper like cup. cup i don't like yeah. this he's just always so consistent i know he got injured though but he's so consistent and i mean last year statistically putting up one of the best um seasons possibly ever in like outside of just a wide receiver that was an unreal season that he put up and then topping it off by winning a uh, super bowl mvp was was incredible so yeah i, I mean think... he definitely is wide receiver one number one for sure and i think it just depends on taking that gamble of how much does he regress a little bit because you know the odds of him having back-to-back kind of super bowl mvp type seasons is is hard but it, it'll be interesting to see because obviously when he had golf he had a great season and then he had an, an okay season because they weren't great the, the following year after that super bowl right and then mm-hmm. he gets stafford and he gets a, a much better quarterback and he plays phenomenal so you right. know can they can they read can they re-up it again this year will be interesting to see well and i think yeah. i think the benefit you have with cup is he's so uh, uh, not that w- most wide receivers aren't but like more than most he is very smart like he's like a quarterback running routes basically like he reads mm-hmm. defenses as he's running routes and knows where to be and i think that mcveigh will always find ways to get him open um so i i think i think that's not like super dangerous i just if i had the number one overall pick it's really hard not to take a running back because of obviously the volume you get 
you know, mm-hmm. rushing yards and, and receiving, but yeah, but I agree with that, Trev, but I think now like in today's NFL, there's very few running backs that are featured backs or, and if they are a feature back and they last the whole season and don't get hurt. So I'm on this yeah. wave now of being like, I'm more inclined to pick wide receivers. Of course, I'm going to pick a running backs and have those on my bench or have them ready, but I'm more inclined to have two solid if i had like Devonte adams and cooper cup on my team that's mm-hmm. that's producing to me more consistently across the whole season than it would be two number one backs even like a jt and Derek taylor well william Derek, and I, Derek henry william and i have talked about this and this isn't even just fantasy related this is just you know if i was an nfl owner or whatever i'm not that invested i guess in running backs in the way like you were just talking about how they get hurt Mm-hmm. When when a guy has an incredible season and then a team pays him, you know, the 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 big contract, like the max contract that you can get as a running back, mm-hmm. then it always seems like the following year he either regresses significantly or he gets hurt. Yep. And so like I'm I'm completely yeah. against paying running backs. I don't like I and I because I think you can find any guy that runs a four two and can is a little shifty and can find a hole. <laughs> as long as you have an offensive line, he can be a an RB one basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the, the drop off tiers of running back—that's where it's it can be so hard in fantasy too. Because I'm with you there, Ben. Too. I mean, like when we've had some seasons where if you're in that latter part of the first round, yeah, you're probably getting—I don't want to say stuck, you know, maybe it's lack of a better word—but like you you end up getting stuck with choosing probably a top receiver versus running back because a lot of people take running backs early. But that's the thing too in fantasy. To Travis's point is like the tier ones and kind of tier two running backs after that, it can be a steep cliff Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. like how many points are realistically going to score for you. And I think that's where, at least in my typical strategy, or at least, you know, other thing, other podcasts or whatever I've listened to is like, it's much easier. You listen to other podcasts? (laughs) Only your guys is actually (laughs) from now on out, but excuse me, sorry. Um, But that you know you'll find it's much easier to find more value in wide receivers of course because teams have seven versus three running backs and you know they can put five wide and you know on, you can and, find and anybody on any week can catch one pass for 71 yards and a touchdown you know what i mean right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a challenging decision it's a it's extremely challenging and um travis uh yes, here to segue because I'm, I'm the king of segues here uh speaking of challenges I'm not trying to, to divert our fantasy football talk. We've got a lot of things to cover today, and, and there's a lot of challenging things out there. Um, and you you posed a, a challenge to me earlier this week, and I'm I want to I want to get get your takes on this. I'm going to give my take, Bo. This is going to be new to you, but uh, the challenge is the nine 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 challenge. Yeah. So I saw this on Instagram, and we had kind of t- touched on this a couple podcasts ago, where we were talking about. Uh, if I thought, I, I don't remember exactly the number, but it's like, if I could drink a certain amount of beers in a certain amount of time, right? And yep. the 999 challenge is basically, you watch a baseball game, you have nine innings to drink nine beers and eat nine hot dogs. So basically one inning, one inning is one beer and one hot dog. And I don't have a doubt in my mind that I can pull that off. I think, I think the harder part would be the hot dogs getting down all nine of them, but I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I can I can pull that off with a okay. slight bit of ease. Okay. So you the way you're you're positioning this, the way you're thinking about it though, is one hot dog, one beer every inning. So that what you're doing? Because I'm thinking completely different. I'm thinking I might just go up there, order three beers right then and there, house three beers back to back to back, bam, and then pick up three hot dogs, have you know a nice little three innings to finish those, then go back, do it again, 
And then after those six beers, I'm going to be so full. But, you know, I have the another three innings to finish off those hot dogs. And then it's going to be a close race in the, in the latter three innings. Well, see, I think that would be the fear for me is if I drink the beer too fast, that I'm going to be too full for the hot dog. So I think kind of a little bit of balance. And, and there, the thing about it too, right, is an inning can last anywhere from eight minutes to lasting 45 minutes. Like what if a team has two pitching changes – a team bats around three times or something <laughs> crazy. You know I mean? like, and at that point, you could just you kick your feet up, sit back, and sip your beer, you know? But, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it sounds like that crazy of a challenge. Yeah, see, I'm also loving this because I know Bo is, is just so quiet over there because I know – know- <laughs> I'm letting you guys talk it out because, uh, I mean, let's see. Um, depending on how much Ben told told you about me, uh, you know, without getting too deep, obviously I had kids young started a family young and I had I would say probably a solid semester maybe two of solid drinking in college in Chico when I went to Butte College Mm. um so I'm definitely a lightweight you know I'm a smaller guy I'm very much a lightweight I've never been able to drink anybody under the table so I would probably last maybe one or two innings with you and if that was exactly one beer one hot dog per inning and then on the third beer, I'd be getting silly, and then I would just laugh at you guys and watch you guys get full and drunk. So, And then by inning six, Bo is just yakking in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If I really tried to push myself, I would not be having a good time. Bo's just the dark horse, though. Like, literally, we actually just get absolutely slobber knocked. He's like, all right, cool. And then he's just, like, slowly drinking his beers, and he just finishes it. I'm like, what? Yeah, if I pace myself, maybe, but I, I definitely would have to be pretty strategic about it. Yeah, I'm I'm more concerned like that. I've I've gone to a baseball game and competed with friends and said who can eat the most hot dogs. And I finished a full nine inning baseball game. This was the discussion we had. I I think I finished six and a half hot dogs, and I was so sick. I mean, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and like burping and being like, it was like foam coming up. And I was like, this is mm. how do how does Joey Chestnut do this? Because I. I was so sick. All of the nitrates from the hot dogs was just terrible. I mean, he's got the bite of like a German shepherd. So you got to start there. <laughs> I think you guys talked about it. What last episode of the one before, like, didn't they do a sports science on him? And like his bite power is the same as a freaking police dog. So we're kind of at, you know, we're, we're falling behind the wheel there, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you got to prepare for that, but yeah, I, I, I get sick watching it on videos or, you know, they would they add this year recently where the, you drink like a, a gallon or something or two gallons of 10 gallons of lemonade like <laughs> i i don't know how those people do it man yeah I, I think i think what i'm going to do is maybe sunday i might sit down and watch let's see let me see what baseball game on sunday that i like enjoy watching i gotta pick one that has really bad pitchers so i have a lot of time you know what i mean <laughs> all Let's right so, oh any, any giants game <laughs> Um, you want to um, go there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Mariners and Rangers game is where I'm going to go, and I might sit down, watch the game, and try to demolish nine hot dogs and nine beers. And so, are you just drinking light beers, and you're drinking like some skinny ballpark franks, or what? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get fucking Voodoo Ranger IPAs. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. Those. Voodoo Ranger IPAs and and house a couple freaking Polish dogs. Yeah, dude, just Dodger dogs or some, <laughs> some brats. No, I'm talking just like some good old ballpark franks, maybe some Bud Lights, and I'm going to uh, do a time lapse for the whole entire game. You know, I'll start at the beginning and then do a time lapse from pitch number one to the last pitch of the game, and and we'll see if I can pull it off. 
I will be I will Venmo you twenty dollars if you do it, and then of course post it on the socials for Fresh Off the Couch. And if you do do it, you got to get up off the couch and just like point at the camera, and we got to get a nice little Fresh Off the Couch plug. Okay, yeah, and then I, I think that'll be our first uh, YouTube video. Yeah, we're actually going to put a lot of these once we start po- doing more video. We're going to put be posting them all on the YouTube, so that'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm down. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna shoot for Sunday for that. Okay, well, that's a good segue then, too, into our gambling picks here, Trav. Yes, sir. Oh, well, so last week, last week, I picked the White Sox money line, and you were kind enough to let me do. It was a four-game set, and it was on a Friday recorded, so you let me only do the – or the Thursday – was it a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday set, actually? And we recorded a Thursday night. Can't yeah. fully remember. Yeah, so and basically, let you do Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, yeah, so I believe the White Sox won that series. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Astros series money line against the A's. And they, they won that series too. No shit. So uh, <laughs> the, for last week, uh, the guests went uh, 2-0 and because I was a guest last week for gambling. And then your picks were the Rays series money line, the Padres Sunday game money line, and then Oof. the Orioles under, I believe that was the Friday game or the Saturday yeah, game Orioles. The, the Friday, the, oh no, that was the Saturday game with Kramer and Sandoval. And that was an under game. They did hit under, correct? Yeah, they did it. Just and just like I said, Kramer absolutely shoved it up the Angels' ass, and Sandoval gave up one run in like eight innings, and the Angels just didn't score. Mm, yay! So did uh, what about the Padres Sunday money line and the Rays series money line? Do you know if those hit? Okay, I didn't so check. the Padres Sunday money line was one of the most piss poor efforts I've ever seen. Um, they lost, I think, twelve to zero. Oh, against the Giants. Yeah, so it was like uh, Mackenzie Gore, who is left-handed, and the Giants, as far as I've watched all year against left-handers, they don't do a goddamn thing. And they put up, uh, I think it was like eight runs in the first four innings, and I was just, you know, it was just one of those days. That's just how gambling goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one did not hit. And then the Rays series money line. The Rays series money line, I believe, also missed. So you went one and two. Yeah, the Rays actually might have gotten even swept by the Reds. Wow, that's incredible. So that brings you to from from my calculations, that brings you to twelve and seven on the year, mm-hmm. and that brings the guests to seven and three on the year, or no, seven no. and four, seven and four, seven on five, the year. seven and five, no, seven four. You're right, you're right. Seven four, seven and four on the year. Um, okay, well, twelve and seven against seven four, not doing too bad. So, Bo, I know you listen to the pod, but I will explain it still. Um, every week we do our guests um, picking a one, two, or three gambling picks. Um, and at the end of the year, if the guests have a higher win percentage than Travis, then we will personally mail you a jersey with the number of guests you are on. Um, if you don't, then you have to Venmo Travis $5. Unless your name is Robert Sullivan, then you Venmo Travis $10 because he's a lawyer and he has money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fair. Um, yes. So uh, I'm not much of a gambling connoisseur, but I will have to go with the homer pick because uh, when the Giants lose and then Alex Wood pitches the next day, he statistically, for the last couple of seasons he's pitched for us, he's uh, really good at being, you know, a, a stopgap and getting us back in the win column. So uh, I'm going to go with the Giants tonight versus the Brewers. They have Woodruff on the mound, at least out of their power pitchers. He seems to be uh, doing the least good. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Giants tonight. 
Okay, well, that's a that's a great pick. Who knows if the pod will be up by tonight. Hopefully it is. It's Friday night. Um, if you had to pick one more, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, if you just had to throw something out there, throw some shit at the wall, you got to pick one more. What do you pick? Uh, I would do, for tomorrow being Saturday's game, uh, the Braves versus the Nationals. I'd take the Braves. They got hmm. Freed on the mound, and he's doing really well. Okay, Braves money line, and then Giants Friday money line. Braves Saturday. Um, Travis, let's hear him. All right, so I picked uh, three. So I've got uh, Blue Jays' money line on Saturday. They're facing um, Lynch from the Royals to the lefty. The Blue Jays are also righty stacked. Uh, and the I don't know if you saw this about the Royals, but they have a lot of players that are unvaccinated that couldn't make the trip to Toronto. So I like that bet. Um, Dodgers' money line on Saturday. So they're p- facing the Angels. Um, Julio Urias is throwing versus Jose Suarez. I don't know. That's just that's you probably have to pay a little juice on that. I imagine it'll probably be somewhere around like 190, 200. And then my third pick is the White Sox money line on Sunday. Dylan Cease is throwing against the Twins. Um, Twins have been playing really well, but I don't know their offense against Cease. The, the current lineup hits like 180 against him, so I figured you know for at least five, six, seven innings, something like that. Dylan Cease can can give the White Sox a chance to to pull ahead and, and hopefully the bullpen will close the door. Love those picks, actually. That's going to be my – hate to throw some shade at your here, Bo, but I'm probably going to do a nice little three-way parlay. Blue Jays money line Saturday, Dodgers money line Saturday, and then White Sox money line Sunday. That sounds good. Uh, those are some – those are great picks. I do like those. I, I'm – I want, of course, the the guests to uh, to win because I would love nothing to open a, up the pocketbook and get some fresh off the couch gear out there. <laughs> um, but uh, Travis also would love a nice five dollars smaller guest in his pocket. Yeah, at that point, I'd make like eighty dollars. I could use that. There you go. I'll take, I'll take Hannah somewhere real nice. Yeah, and it's of course Bo is. I knew I knew him coming on here. He's going to pick the most homer pick. I it can't go, can't go twenty minutes without picking picking the Giants. This guy's fan. This guy's fandom is just the best. And oh, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Packers fan. I'm an Auburn fan. I'm a uh, any a Laker fan. Yeah, I had in, I had so many questions. I had yeah, so many yeah, questions about that, Bo. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just I mean, very simply, uh, how? <laughs> yeah. So. Um... I'm not right in the head. No, um, I do have heart <laughs> problems from following all these teams um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but no, um, I do have a story for most of them actually. And so it does, it does explain itself, but basically um, yeah, San Francisco giants and San Jose sharks, you know, living and growing up most of my life in the Northern California area. Love those, you know, are on, uh, on mine and Ben's uh, mothers on our mother's side. Um it, our, our, our grandpa is is like the Giants, so I've you know I've grown up liking them. Um, but with the Packers, my my old one of my previous stepdads, he grew up in Wisconsin, and so um, when I was very little, when he came into my life, he put on Packers games, and I started watching them. So I fell in love with them, and that was when Brett Favre was playing. Um, that was the my football jersey number for a long time too was number four. Um, and then uh, I mean, I guess the biggest one for me. Well, I guess I'll get to the Lakers really quick too. It was, it just so happened as like, I started getting into basketball when I was uh, what, like eight or nine or something like that. And that was in that right around 99, 2000s. And that's when Kobe and Shaq went on that run. Mm-hmm. And so we had, you know, uh, we were, we lived up in the, in the, in the hills kind of in this countryside. And so I didn't have like a ton of channels. And the only thing I saw was the, the NBA playoffs. And that's when I was like, all right, I like this team. And I've, I have stuck with them. So 
um, through good and bad. And then with Auburn is honestly, I, obviously the best one, but uh, my dad named me after Bo Jackson. So ah. I've been an Auburn fan all my life and that's why it's spelled B O not uh, B E A U. And um, they're, they're probably the ones that give me the most heart palpitations. Yeah. That, so, that was, that was the biggest one I had because, because I played baseball in Alabama. And so right. going out there, I kind of had a choice between being a Bama fan and an Auburn fan. Um, when I met a lot of Auburn fans, they were a little more uppity and like, interesting know, fancy you know and then bama fans are just redneck fucking <laughs> limited number of teeth and, <laughs> and they have weird relationships with their cousins i don't know i don't know i felt like i that's a weird thing to say as i, I follow up with a uh i felt like i fit in a lot more with the alabama folk but <laughs> oh my gosh i don't the cousin thing i probably shouldn't have said that but everything nah. else just like the grittiness the nastiness, I felt like I was a little more on the, the leaning Bama side. I, I will say, too, one of the – Bo called me after our, our um, podcast where you talked about Petaway just tearing his hamstring. And <laughs> to, he was dying laughing at that just because he's like, I was watching that game, too. It just ruined Auburn's season. I'm just like, oh, wow, I didn't know people actually watched Auburn games. <laughs> yeah, because that it's- year, I mean, he was going to be – like he was probably Heisman conversation at the, at the year he was having, and, and Auburn was a like, serious threat. And then after he got hurt, it was kind of just all wraps from there. It was just over. Yeah, it derailed a lot. You know, he was essentially like a big fullback. You know, he probably shouldn't have been the main runner, but he was, you know, he, he had good agility and quickness that, you know, he, he could burst through the hole. And obviously he was a big dude. So uh, it was tough to bring down. Um, but it was just hilarious when I heard you guys talk about that on the pod and you were talking about how that was a big money line bet for you. And you're just like, yes, yes, you were going to win a decent amount of money. And then he breaks away against Vanderbilt and he pulls his hammy. And it's just as funny to hear that because one, yeah, we were already beating Vanderbilt. We didn't need him to like freaking tear his hamstring, but of course it happened. And then two, it, 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 you know, had a snowball effect where, yeah, it ended up ruining the rest of our season or, you know, changed the, the course of it because we didn't have a one, two punch of him. And I believe carry on Johnson was, was running back there mm-hmm. at the time too. And so it just really changed everything up. And it just was funny to hear you, you share that story too. But I wanted to ask you, um, uh, something that I hear because obviously I I've never been out there. It's a bucket list for me is to go out there, but um, you know, so I can only go off of what I read online or, you know, the different Auburn people that I'll talk to from time to time. Uh, I am in a, an Auburn discord locked on Auburn. I'll shout out them. But mm-hmm. um, the one thing that everyone always says, or there's like a quote, famous quote that says like, you know, Auburn people love Auburn, Alabama people love Alabama football. I was going to ask you, you being out there, I don't know how much of the craziness you got involved with, but like, would you say that resonates? Cause that's what everyone pretty much talks about is Alabama people just love their football team, but Auburn people love every, everything about Auburn. Yeah. I mean like, okay. So we have the, I, but I think this has a lot to do with it too. Like Bama is a, a football school mostly, right? Like the, the other stuff that they win is very, I don't know. You can, you can claim it, I guess, but like if they win something, it'll be like a fucking, women's water polo or something along those Soft lines right balls. what's so wrong with yeah. women's water polo i'm just saying like it's it's not as prevalent it's not as prevalent as college football in america you know what i mean um but auburn fans like we have this friend named nathan love the kid to death but he will cling to anything auburn to make auburn seem better than bama which i don't know you, you can take it how you want but like auburn's like a huge equestrian school i don't know if you know that yes oh yes okay. So national champs multiple times. <laughs> yeah, see, so Auburn, <laughs> Auburn fans, Auburn fans love that bit of information. Bama we are fans, in hashtag everything school. We're not a basketball school, football school. We're a hashtag everything school. Okay. 
Yeah, but but my definition of everything is like <laughs> basketball, football, or baseball. You know, when you're bringing up equestrian, I'm like, the fuck? How do you even keep track of that? You know, what I mean, how do you score? A, how do you score riding a horse? Oh, Tra- Trev, I will, I will personally, and I, I think I put one of these out every week, but I will personally give you a hundred dollars. I will Venmo you a hundred dollars if you have a video of you going into a bar on like a Friday night, packed house, and you being like. Hey, hey! Can you uh, can you put on the equestrian match right now? And it has to—you have to be completely serious. You have to just keep going with it, and you have to sit down and watch it too. If they do put it on, what do I, I say when they say what what channel is it on? <laughs> Spike TV. Remember, you're streaming it on your computer. Do you not have that? You don't have an HDMI cord connection in here. Come on. Yeah. What's the deal? This is like you don't know it. You don't know Hoyt Reginald's horse. Like, come on, that thing is amazing. Hoyt Reginald's daughter, only like the 2004 national champion, and his daughter's now competing. Exactly, dude. Yeah, but, but Auburn fans will like throw that or ho- try to hang that over Bama fans' heads. And I think Bama fans are just like, dude, we have won X amount of national championships in the last, you know, X amount of years. And then Auburn fans are like, who really cares? I mean, we have this equestrian one. We won the, the national spelling bee three years in a row. And you're just like, okay, well. I, we do. I will admit we do do that. I mean, like this past season, we went, you know, our, our men's basketball team was was really good for, for a hot second there for most, well, I would say most of the season. But, you know, we kind of dwindled in the, the NCAA tournament, unfortunately. But we, we had a moment where, like, after every game, if we beat a team, they would just like go crazy and put all these crazy memes on the opposing teams, you know, cause you know, the opposing teams, Twitter, they'll put like, if you lose, they don't say some witty quote, they just put like final period. And then they put the score. Right. So like they would go and just, just destroy their Twitter mentions and just put a bunch of crazy memes in there. Like you lost to Auburn or you suck. Cause Auburn involved in L L L L L. And so yeah. like, that's the point of it is like, We'll take any little grasp of like, yes, Auburn, and we're going to just make you feel it. And it's so it'll, it'll be a meme and they'll say like, you just lost to Bo Dix. And it'll be a picture <laughs> with Bo Nix with a bunch of wieners around him or something. You're like, how is this equivalent? It's, and it, it reminds me so much of like a little brother complex. I have an older brother, so maybe that's it. But yes. it's like you beat your brother at something for the first time. It's like you beat him in like the most trivial game too. It could be like a game of risk or something. And you're like, I won. And then like a month later, you're still like, I beat you at risk. Yeah. What? Like, like he he beats you in like a wrestling match, and you're still like, "Why beat you at Yahtzee, you piece of shit?" Don't forget. <laughs> People don't forget. But yeah, it, it, it is. It really is. If you ever like also looked at just random arguments on Twitter between Bama and Auburn fans, like it's the very same. They'll be like, "Well, you know, we won this," or "Oh, hey, well, we won that." Well, we won five years in a row in this time year span, and then this other person will be like, "Well, we went to the Final Four. You only went to the Elite Eight, so suck it." You know, it's yeah. just like okay. <laughs> Which, which, if you get that far in the NCAA tournament, it's really just congratulations to both of you. Neither of you won the national championship. You guys are both pretty good, though, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Bo, you did have, looking at all these teams, you did have maybe arguably the best best year of your life in 2010. I want yeah, to- so uh, that, was a, that was a pretty crazy, crazy year uh, in terms of sports fandom and being a fanatic, and I guess that's where uh, I hit the lotto and got lucky in terms of me having randomized regional sports teams allowed me to have a really great sports year because in 2010, uh, Auburn and Cam Newton won the college football national championship. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers won the Super Bowl. 
uh, San Francisco Giants won their first World Series in their three and five years uh, small dynasty. And, and that year, I believe, was I, well, not the last one because now LeBron has won one in the uh, in the bubble. But at the time, that was the, the last time the Lakers won a, a championship with with Kobe and such. So um, I had four four out of my five major sports teams to win a championship that year. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I can only dream of that. Honestly, I think I get one and I hold on to it for the next five years of my life. So, yeah, Ben I mean, definitely I... FaceTimes me every time the Bucks beat the Packers and I want to cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not asking this as an asshole, Bo. Since 2010, how many championships have, have your teams gotten? Uh, so the Giants won in 2012 and 2014. Right. Wait, hold on. You don't remember Auburn winning the equestrian championship last year? <laughs> I, I haven't got to Auburn to yet. I, was going, I got my list here. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, Giants won in 2012 and 2014. Uh, the San Jose Sharks have only been to ever one Stanley Cup final, and they got demolished by the Penguins that year. So non, non-existent right now. Uh, Lakers won, what was that, 2019 or 2020, I guess, in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that was uh, – that was the last one. Auburn went to the national championship game in 2013 and lost in the final few seconds to uh, Jameis, Crabhands, Winston, and <laughs> Florida State. So, yeah. Well, not too many. Yeah, that, but I, honestly, though, that 2010 shit is something you can hold on to for the rest of your life. Oh, for sure. I don't, I don't think I could probably run into another person that's had something like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, Dude, I just my luck with sports and who I picked as a kid has just really <laughs> been biting me on the ass lately. And I really wish as a kid I would have listened to my family and my grandpa and you know maybe gone a different route. But now I feel like I'm in too deep. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. You can't change now. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm honestly just sitting here just regretting so many decisions. But whatever. So be it. I'm I was going to tell Ben, don't ever bring Bo back on and ask him a 2010 question again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, not not counting the Lakers, because I am a Lakers fan, but I'm not really that, I like, not even enough to really claim basketball championships, I feel like. Right. Um, my last true championship was 2002, when the Angels won the World Series. Yeah, you you and, just had to mention that, because I'm a Giants fan. Well, I was... Uh, eight years old at the time, so I don't really remember much, <laughs> to be honest. But that was kind of when I, that was the year I kind of fell in love with baseball and fell in love with the Angels. And then since then, like, it, you know, I know this will make you probably happy for for me bringing up the Giants. I'm a Falcons fan. Oh, okay. So everybody knows the 28 to three story. Um, yeah. How are you? That I guess that's where I, my question. How are you a Falcons fan? Um, when I first started watching football, I just absolutely fell in love with Michael Vick. That was basically it. Like I thought Uh, he was, and I was just, I was just real young and he was so exciting. Um, and then I kind of just kept watching the Falcons. And then when the whole dog thing happened, I just kept following them and I liked their colors a lot as a kid. And so Mm -hmm. then after that, I just became an Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons fan and God, that's the, the one really where I fucking wish I made a different decision, but. Oh yeah, that's a that's a tough one too. I know there's a lot of, lot a lot of a, a lot of Atlanta Falcons fans uh, that are Auburn fans as well because Auburn's so close to Georgia, right? And uh, yeah, that was tough for for you guys. I I used to love uh, Jamal Anderson mm-hmm. back in the day too, in the the whole Dirty Bird dance and stuff they did too. I always liked their jerseys. Falcons have always had cool jerseys. Yeah, no, Atlanta's just got that like nasty gritty like, just something about Atlanta has always been dope. But they just 
I'm hoping, you know, with, with the Braves winning the World Series last year that they kind of broke the Atlanta curse. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Falcons, prob- probably not this year, but mm-hmm. sometime soon, you know, they can, uh, you know, turn it around and, and make something happen. I really need I really need a baseball or a football championship because it's been rough. What about you, Ben? What of your teams? Because I know you've uh, you've had to deal with the lack of pro teams from the Kings. Um, you know, what, what, I guess of your, of your favorite teams, Ben, would you say you would want them to win a championship? I think like what would mean the most to you? Ben just texted me and said that his mic cut out. He can, he of can course. hear, but can't speak. Gotcha. So just Morse code and let me know which team you want to win. Yeah. Your boys might cut out, but uh, <laughs> I got it. I got it back. Um, that was, that was annoying. Um, so uh, in terms of my sports fandom, in terms of my sports fandom, sorry about the, the mic cutting out, Trev. Uh, I was sitting here like yelling, dude. I unplugged my mic. I plugged it back in. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> it was awfully quiet too because I was like, I know Travis is answering me, but I was like, I'm waiting for Ben to say something and he's not saying anything. Yeah, <laughs> at, was, least like a, at least like a giggle or something, you know? You, yeah. Like you were calling me out. You were calling me out on the Jameis Crab Hands thing and I'm over here laughing my ass off about Trav's 28-3 to 3 story with the Falcons because that was just... <laughs> absolutely glorious day because i was with travis travis that was at the the uh oh, wasn't no. that, that was at uh brock's house in long beach no no no. that was the falcons niners nfc championship that was like oh yeah 20 shit like 14 maybe oh yeah 13 is... something like that yeah i do remember that um, that was when we pounded a whole thing at me and between me and brock we pounded a whole thing of fireball and oh we are grilling on the porch too yeah yeah yeah, fireball. yeah that was a good time um Okay, yeah, so in terms of my fandom, Bo, we can make this extremely quick because the Sacramento Kings are just absolutely the bane of my existence. I've kind of stopped rooting for them. Um, and then the Tampa Bay Bucks, best team ever, you know, Super Bowl. Once they won the Super Bowl and I went there, I'm like, they could never win another Super Bowl for the rest of my life. And I'm so happy with that. I went to the yeah. Super Bowl. I got to see that in the pandemic. Like, there was only 20,000 fans at, at a Super Bowl. Like, that's never going to happen again. So that's a check off. Thank you. And then uh, the Oakland A's. Oh, yeah, don't get me started on the Oakland A's. Wow. Hmm. I would still to this day say that if you were – we always do this with, with some of my friends in terms of you put a, you get 100 points and you basically allocate how many points you put for each one of your teams that you root for. And I easily always put most on the A's. Like they're the team that I can never yeah. not like, but it's just they've consistently – it's like one of those ownerships that they just try and do whatever they can to not get any fans. And it's sad, but – unfortunate but i'm always i think it's also one of those things with mebo is you mentioned that our no-no or our grandpa he um he grew up like taking all of us to giants games and trav you'll love this too it's like um one of my uncles used to work for the giants and every year they would he would give us um like gifts from the giants like that every every one of our family members is basically me and rob who aren't giants fans rob's obviously grew up in san diego so he's a padres fan mm-hmm. but my uncle would always like give gifts of like bringing the fam like our, his nephews and nieces on the field for their birthday getting them signed baseballs and all this stuff and then i remember for me like when my birthday came around he's just like oh yeah so uh here's uh here's 20 bucks well here's happy birthday <laughs> and a pat on the back kid it's like you picked the wrong team son <laughs> like literally if, if I, only you knew yeah my mom i think just became an ace fan just to 
be in like solidarity with me where everyone else in the whole family is like, woo, back to back or like three championships in five years. And I'm over here playing with my belly button sad. Wait, Ben, we have very similar stories in that regard because I went against Brock and Paul, obviously. They've always been Dodger fans. And just because they were Dodger fans, I didn't want to be, right? Yeah. So I became an Angels fan. So I've been having to sit there with my finger up my butt. I almost said butt up my belly button. <laughs> watching them go to the World Series every year, win a Mickey Mouse championship. Um, back yeah, I mean, the they, they championship. really haven't gone every year. Let's just let's just put that out there. The Dodgers, yeah, they won a Mickey Mouse championship, and they're okay. They spend a lot of money now, but I mean, I'm but glad man, you're an Angels fuck. fan. I like you better. I I I've gotten to the point now, just like growing up, and you know, I respect the shit out of them. They they draft really well, they develop really well, and the guys that they pay typically aren't or not until recently, at least they typically weren't guys like big name free agents, or whatever. Like they would get the Justin Turner's right. and the Chris Taylor's and then they would mm-hmm. become good with the Dodgers. Max Muncy. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then they make, they make the trades because they draft well where they can trade these really big um, prospects for these, you know, the Max Scherzer's and stuff, stuff right. like that. But like, I hate to say it, but I do respect the Dodgers organization too. so much. And I don't know, but I do too. I respect them. Actually, it's just, because I hate the Giants and I just can't. It's like the it goes back to that little brother thing, and I always the Giants treat the A's like the little brother the mm-hmm. whole time, and it's just this. It's like, how did I'm, you become an A's fan, Ben? Like honestly, how did, um, how did what made you pick them? Like when I was younger, I just would go. Like I remember my dad took me to game, and then I loved Jason Giambi and Matt Stairs just hitting yabos. So I was <laughs> like, oh, this is my team. So I started just you know watching them, and then I liked uh like them and I, I growing up with a brother Bo I know you're an only child so you probably don't know this sorry uh, <laughs> I had step siblings but you know <laughs> yes um you kind of just do a lot of things same with Trav that to root against them so my brother's over here being a Giants fan and I'm like hell no I'm not a Giants fan right um I remember even Bo you might remember this but when the Bucks won the the Super Bowl in 2003 I was a Bucks fan then I'm 10 years old yep and I'm cheering and just like the same thing where you just want to rub it into your brother. Cause my brother was a Raider fan. Raider so fan, I wanted yeah. to rub it in so bad. And my brother had pneumonia. So I even, I think I like went, in, <laughs> went into the room. <laughs> I went into the room and I'm like, yeah, the Bucks won. What? And he's like sleeping. And he's just like, what? And I was like, yeah, we won. We beat you. You suck. He's then, dying. <laughs> you're like, yeah, suck. <laughs> my mom was like, dude, chill. And I'm like, no, he needs to know. Open your eyes. I mean, I'm sure you could guess this, Travis, because obviously you knew Ben in his older years in college and stuff. But, um, you know, Ben was, I mean, I don't want to call him a demon child, but, you know, Ben was kind of a crazy blonde haired little shit. You know, you could could meet Ben for 10 minutes and tell he was a demon child. I don't know if he's ever told you this story. I don't think he mentioned it on one of the previous pods, but my old stepdad, Todd, uh, Ben knows what story I'm going to tell. But uh, (laughs) when Ben and Alex came out and visited, me, my mom, and my stepdad, Todd. We lived out in, in Fernley, Nevada at the time. It was a small little podunk town outside of the Reno area. And, uh, you know, it was cold, and Todd was a, like a total country guy, so we had horses and stuff and, and did chores and all that kind of crap. And he, they came and visited us. I think it was during the summer. Or I don't Actually, I don't even remember when it was. I think it was cold. It was sort of maybe wintertime. Like, you know, that's when you guys were in all around. All around yeah, so yeah. You had random days off. And so they came and visited us, and Ben was... <laughs> Ben was on like the truck bed and Todd was telling us all to get down and Ben was like no no I'm not gonna get down and Todd's like you need to get down right now like he's trying to you know be kind he's obviously like new to the family and it's got this little shit you know nephew that he's like just now meeting 
and Ben says no and then spits on him. <laughs> and, and from according to my mom and the story is like it took all of Todd's might not to basically like whoop him with his belt right then and there because he was like, what the heck just happened? Like, why, yeah. why, why the spit though? Like, you could have said no. no. I have no idea, man. I can, to this day, I can't remember. There's plenty of those stories too. There's, but we would do like summer, summer trips every year. And there was times when, yeah, I remember this. I don't know if you were there for the time we went camping and I like ended up like, I think I like punched somebody in the face and Nono was there or something. Or, and then Nono just like slapped me real hard in the back of the head. And like first time I ever heard Nono like cuss before it was bad. Was that I, when like all of us boys were out there with Nono early yeah. for a week and you and Steven yeah. messed like got in a yeah. fight or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we fought. <laughs> yeah. That was really bad. I felt so bad. Uh, but now like looking back, I'm always just like, wow, I was such a demon child too. The whole time I can just like, I did so many things that I'm like, God, how did I, how am I still here? I can't like, and legitimately, I think so many other people have stories like this. Trav, you might be the same, but I can't think of a single month, not one month of me being in elementary school, middle school to high school where I didn't get a call home to one of my parents. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't say like that, like not, <laughs> not, not every month, but, the, but, but different, like Tatsby's a super small town. So I kind of had it in my, I had it ingrained in me like at, you know, my principal is good friends with my mom and shit. So it's pretty tight knit around there. But I do have one story where it's probably my biggest story. It's the only time I ever got suspended in school when I was in uh, the fourth grade. And my brother was two grades above me. Right. So he had just gone to middle school, but he had a fifth grade friend named Evan Fassbender. Oh, yeah. So Evan Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, and he he sounds just like his name reads like he's just kind of a disaster. I love him to death, but he's a little bit of a mess. So Evan takes a hot dog and starts poking holes in it and he pe- starts putting spaghetti in it. And so it's just it looks like a wiener with like spaghetti coming out. Right. And he hands it to me and I was in fourth grade, looked up to Evan because he was Brock's friend. And he goes, Trev, unzip your zipper and put this in there and make it look like your penis. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Put it in there. I start walking around and showing everybody like I have it under my shirt and then I walk up to him and look at my wiener. Look at my wiener. Look at my wiener. Oh, my God. Finally, oh, like six people told on me, and I lied my ass off for three days. I kept telling the principal, my teacher, everybody, Mrs. Hassimer, no, I wouldn't do that. Why? That's so weird. Why would I do that? Finally, they call my mom in. Me and my mom are sitting in the principal's office, and the principal's asking me about it, who my mom is really good friends with. And I just break down crying because I was just so overwhelmed with all the lies. <laughs> I did it. I did it all. <laughs> Evan Fassbender made me do it. And my mom wow, told so- me that they, they sent me out of the office after that. And she said that her and Mrs. Gilbert, who was the principal, they just started dying laughing about the fact that I was walking around with a hot dog in my face. <laughs> so did you actually get suspended, Trav? Yeah, two days suspension. It was it was lit, though. I got to stay home for two days. I didn't care. So last story Light real work. quick, Trav. Trav, this yeah, is how I know. Exactly. Trav, this is how I know we're we're meant to be together forever and ever. <laughs> um, when I was in when I was in middle school, uh, no, this was high school, freshman year of high school. I took the um, long jump pole or the high jump pole that you like jump over, and I put it between my legs and asked you mean it. The pole vault? 
No, like the pole that you know, the pole that you use to like jump over on high jump. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay I took yeah, that yeah. pole oh, yeah, off. Yeah. I took that pole off and I put it between my legs and I acted like it was my penis. And like, I remember I got, I get like, I get like brought into the principal's office and the principal's just like, yes. Yeah, so you took the high jump pole here in the notes and you put it between your legs and you started thrusting, acting like it, it was your penis. And my mom like read that too and was like, come on, like really? And I'm like, yeah, mom, what? I'm having fun. (laughs) Just being a kid, mom. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I ended up getting, and it was worse than like suspension like that you had. I don't know what you had, but like two days at home sounds kind of nice. I had to do like the at school, like, and I called oh, it the in school also, suspension. Yeah, in yeah, school ISS suspension. Or ICE and I, or whatever. And I, I almost got another day because I called it at school suspension. And I started getting everyone in the at school suspension to call it the ass program. <laughs> uh, so. That was that was a good time. That was uh, we could talk talk shop all day, but um, I love that you shared that. Um, but wait, wait, leading... wait, hold on. Go can ahead. I tell can I tell one quick story? Because you were talking of about course. how you were with me at the Falcons game, which at the Super Bowl, which I was in Alabama. I just want to tell this story because I want to warn anybody who ever may be in the situation again to not do this. Um, so I was at Mobile still, and I was watching the Falcons game with all of my teammates, and William was there, his little brother Dalton. And when the Falcons went up 28 to three, I said a sentence that I very much regret saying and that I would advise anybody to never say again. I said, man, it's really cool that the Falcons are about to win the Super Bowl and all, but I kind of wish it was <laughs> a little bit closer. So that way, you know, I could have like the nerves and the excitement of a, of a, of a close game. Oh, man. And then it all snowballed. <laughs> in there, boys. Like the no hitter jinx and don't mention it on Twitter. Like you just did the reverse jinx on it. yeah dude and it, it when they scored the touchdown james white running around the right side and he dives in the end zone and i <laughs> i just put my my face in my hands and everybody was like jumping up and down slapping me on the back and shit because all of them were gambling on it so they all won their bet <laughs> and i'm just sitting there just fucking heartbroken everything was just bleeding out of me and then william yeah. goes Still wish it was a close game, and I was like, "No." <laughs> you just cried for two weeks straight. And 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 on top of that, every time I said before the game, every time the Falcons score, I'm gonna shotgun a beer and take a shot. So they scored a lot quick early, and so yeah. I got drunk super quick. So luckily, the only thing that I guess worked out in my favor with that was I was kind of like, I guess pretty close to blacked out, so I don't really remember too much of it except when i had to watch it the next day again to remind myself of what happened and that i relived that every day yeah that's that's a that's a great time i'll say i watched it i watch it frequently when the bucks win because there was parts of it that i still don't remember but i think that's also me just being there i was definitely intoxicated but i was also just loving being there well and there's a big part of that right like i always feel like that when i go to the games when i'm sitting at home and chill and i feel like i can remember a lot of it and it goes by super Mm -hmm. slow but when i'm Mm -hmm. at the games i feel like it's just like a blink of an eye and the game's over. And then I'm like, I feel like I missed so much. Yeah, 100%. 100%, Travis. Yeah, rest in peace to the Falcons only <laughs> probably Super Bowl trip to my lifetime. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, we got to do uh, we got to do fresh off, or not fresh off the couch. Sorry, we got to do one quick segment of over or underrated. Um, I want to uh, Bo. I don't know if you you've heard oh, this I'm already. I'm excited about this. Over, I, I had over, some, or I had my hot takes listening the other times, and I was wishing I could talk to you guys then. So okay, well, we got five five coming in hot. Um, the first one I'm going to start off with is gardening. Over or underrated? 
You want me to go first? Yeah, you mm -hmm. go ahead, Bo. Um, well, it's going to be the, you know, uh, suburban 30-aged young dad that is in me and saying, I love gardening, so I think it's underrated. <laughs> <laughs> because I like doing yard work. It gets me outside. I can plug in headphones. It gives me peace of mind. It's like my space. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be a homeowner, so I think that's probably why. <laughs> I, I'm Bo, I am so with you on this. And it so I've never been a big outdoors guy until basically until I started dating Hannah. And she has a little garden set up in her backyard. And when I moved here, it was literally empty, like dried up soil. And finally she was like, Let's let's plant stuff. So I was like, all right, for sure, I guess, whatever, you know. And then I get out there and I start getting my hands in the in the soil and I start just smelling everything. And then I got all kinds of into it dude and it was so nice i felt so like refreshed when i got inside and took a shower and i was like i don't know i feel like i like breathed in so many good like chemicals and stuff you know <laughs> i love I that like new man extremely underrated gardening wow i love that you guys both agreed on that i'm not a big gardener myself but i'll leave it to you that's why that's why you live in new york there ain't no yes, gardeners out there I mean, technically there is. I do garden a little bit. I have like a few plants that I take care of in my house. That's about it, though. Uh, the next, the next one up for for uh, was a personal one that I actually was thinking about because I hate doing this. But over underrated ironing your clothes. Oof. Um. Yeah, I would say it's. I guess it's overrated in the sense that I hate doing it. Um. I used to have to do it a lot as a kid. Like uh, when I lived with my dad, my, I would have to iron like my stepmom's clothes and other people's clothes in the morning. Um, <laughs> but lived in a sweatshop. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got really good at it, especially when we'd have to go to church too. So we had to iron and press everything. But so it overrated in the sense that I hate doing it. But it, if you want to look good, it is underrated. I'm going to say overrated just because – I think I think a lot less people care about wrinkles than people think, but also there's so many more efficient ways to iron out your clothes other than using an iron and like putting it on the ironing board and all that. Like you, like have you guys ever had the little steamer thing? Oh, right. dude, those steamers are incredible. Yeah, I think I think ironing is so 1980s. You know what I mean? Like throw it in the dryer. Quick. I yeah, think I splash a little water on it, throw it in the dryer, let it do it that way. Or the, the steamer's great. You can take a shower, like a hot shower. And while you're in the shower, just put it in the bathroom and hang it up like on, on the, like the little rack or something. And that'll work mm -hmm. just as well too. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan of that, Trav. I feel like you, you kind of said it with the 1980s, but I feel like ironing in general, is just very misogynistic. Uh, explain, please. <laughs> <laughs> please explain. I don't really have an explanation. I was more just saying, you know. Just, Bo and just... I were so taken back, we didn't even know what to say. Was, uh, I am appalled. <laughs> I'm just, I was just trying to be super woke. Like, yeah, dude, ironing, dude, that is just so, like, <laughs> against, like total against women. Like, people just assume. Yeah. I will I will say to Travis's point, I guess, to, to move on from that, is... uh the how wrinkly does it matter and i will say that i have i think of the older i got and i definitely have succumbed to that as being a lazy dad and just like if i don't fold my clothes immediately after they're done you know they could sit in the, the clothes basket and they get a little wrinkly and you know sure you end up folding them hanging them up whatever your your system is but then when i go to take it out of the closet to get dressed for a day or whatever you're leaving the house it's like i look at it and do that eh, 
Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe go to the dryer. Like, what am I actually doing? Am I just going to the grocery store and I look like a bum every time I go to the grocery store? Or like, or am I going out to dinner and I probably should make sure it's not wrinkly? Yeah. yeah. That, that that's a fair point it, it kind of depends on what you're doing right like if you're going out for a nice dinner you probably should iron your shirt but if you're going to like play golf or something who gives a shit you know um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right um next one we got almond milk over or underrated uh ben already knows this uh i would say it's uh, underrated uh at least for me and my family because uh, we went vegan for a solid bit, like a couple of years ago, um, me and my wife, and we kind of had the kids do it a little bit. Surprised, no it longer... took a, surprised it took him that long to bring up he's vegan. You also do CrossFit? <laughs> I feel like Ben asked this question specifically to draw that out of you. Right, he just wanted to give a dig like, I'm surprised you took this long. It's We're literally an hour 15 into the podcast. He's just bringing it up. Do you have other essential oils you want to sell me? No. <laughs> No, I don't. Um, we are no longer fully vegan, but we don't basically have uh, dairy milk. We have cheese and whatever, but I just like uh, almond milk now, and so do, so do our kids. So I would say it's underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to say underrated just because I hate real milk. Like, I've never been vegan. Shout out me, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think real milk is just brutal. I, and there's people aka someone that i live with here her name is hannah and she drinks milk just like it's like it's water sometimes she's like oh you know what sounds so good right now and i'll be like frozen yogurt and she's like no just a glass of milk i'm like that's disgusting that is gross anymore they put did you grow up on milk though travis like is this a new thing you hated or did you not always like it no i've I've, the only time i've ever really ate or ate drink milk is when i eat cereal like, okay. but besides that, like a like a glass of milk with with dinner or something, not really my cup of tea or cup cup of milk, I guess you'd say. But but, like do, you, but just... do you drink? Do you have ice in your milk though? I still hate yeah, that no. too. <laughs> <laughs> still Call hate me that woke. as well. No. <laughs> I, did you grow? You grew up on that though too, because I think our moms were the same. Ben, we're like that was something that I had for a very long time, from like age six to probably like twelve. Is like I had a glass of milk with dinner. Like yeah, I didn't grow up with milk. that. I would not eat drink cow's milk. I hated really? it. My, like that's like known. I hate milk to to my core. I only drink chocolate milk with ice in it. With ice in it, you're so weird. Well, and and back in the day, they had that really like that was like a huge uh, like one of the like one of the very first like push it on you commercials where it was like yeah, milk makes your bones strong. Scott milk. Here's Mark McGuire. He drinks milk. That's why he looks <laughs> right. like he's on steroids. <laughs> not because he's actually on steroids. You know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I've always disliked milk almond milk though hannah turned me on that as well which i think is better than than regular milk so i yeah i would say that almond milk's under has to be vanilla though for cereal i can't Han- have unsweetened <laughs> with, with cereal he's so bougie yeah sorry hannah just texted me and said don't knock it till you try it <laughs> <laughs> uh all right but we're doing uh we're only doing four this week um okay. And then we're going to do one fresh off the couch for you. But the one, the last one that I have for you, and it's a big fad these days, and I can't stand them. I'm just prefacing this, but over or underrated Crocs. I definitely can tell you definitely tossed these all up because you know I recently got my first pair for Father's Day. God damn it. Uh, with some, some bro, like bro, bro, sporty shades, you know, like the big old 
big old ones with like no frames on the outside. Like you know, the dirt like, biker glasses. Yeah, or baseball player, like tip, you know, just the bro, bro glasses. So yeah. uh, I've been enjoying both of them. Um, <laughs> and I was definitely very overrated for them for, I mean, up until basically this year. So I would say they're underrated because they're actually very comfortable and uh, you can get little uh, pins and stuff for them and maybe I'll get an Auburn pin. So there you go. I know know nothing about how you look, but I'm just picturing you in a pair of Crocs, some jorts, no t-shirt, and those big ass sunglasses mowing your lawn while your kid sits out (laughs) on his little swinger. That was like two thirds right. So I mean, I do, I do like jorts. Um, and I would just wear probably a, a shirt or a tank and, and go mow the lawn. So hey, and then You're he's gonna, good. and then he has on the TV his equestrian Auburn game. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll run around the neighborhood screaming him back to back champs. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right Bo, that is uh that's great uh i'm gonna cut off trav just kidding trav i want to hear about your crocs oh overrated they're horrible that's it i'm just leaving it there. <laughs> you have some and you've tried them or mm, i don't even have to put them on i don't care how comfortable they are i just see how they look and i'm already out they have ones that are fur like <laughs> i bet you hannah would like those during the winter time i'm just saying <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm gonna get a pair of Crocs just for Bo, and then I'll if, report if, back. If we, as the guests, win, maybe get me a fur-lined Croc instead of a jersey. I don't know. Okay, and on the fur, it's printed F O T C. Yes, exactly. All right, I, I'm can, in on that. We we got you. We'll make sure they're camouflaged too, or actually auburn colors. Ooh. There you go. Okay, well, Bo, it's been great. Um, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but you do have COVID, so hopefully you get better soon. Um, is, uh... You just wait until the end to bring out all the blows. Yeah, you're actually not I, a good person. I, I'm okay. so I'm sorry. I didn't mention it, but yes, I bullied you into the pod a little bit. I was like, "Yeah, you're." I literally said, "Can you record tomorrow?" You're like, "I don't know if I have COVID." I'm like, "You'll be all right. Get on." And then you're like, "You're like, you're like, yes, coach." And I was like, "You're fine. Don't worry. Rub some Strap them on, on, buddy. It's go time." <laughs> But I was literally on a ventilator in the hospital. Like, where? Hey, bud, where you at, dude? We got to record. What's that hissing sound in the background? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I really like Auburn football. <laughs> Auburn, but I like their equestrian team a lot yeah. more. Did you know we're three-time champions in the last five years? <laughs> Uh, but it wouldn't be a fresh off the couch pod without our fresh off the couch question. And I actually really, really was thinking about this a lot. It's not anything sports related. I'm very excited about the answers. Um, fresh off the couch, meaning no training. You don't get to do any, any sort of basic, basically you just got it. You jump right up and you start it. So if I was to give you a million dollars today and you have one year, to create a billboard top set 10 song fresh off the couch. Could you do it? $1 million. You got to create a billboard top 10 song. Can you do that? Man. Um, I'm going to say yes, because I want the money, but God, it's going to be a major struggle. And I'd probably turn in the song on the night of day 364 and just hope it makes the top 100 because i do not have a creative bone in my body yeah so this is like that's what you got the million dollars for so how are you doing it you going you hitting up pharrell williams or what okay i guess maybe that was a clarifying question like do i just have to do it by myself or can i get help yeah you get a million dollars to 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 get whoever you'd like oh yeah then put pencil me in we're making the best song in the world do you think so 
really one million dollars you think you can do that I, I i have my ways man i could i could underground <laughs> find somebody you know i got a I got a buddy that i went to middle school and high school that you know he's still trying to make it on uh soundcloud and spotify you know he's not bad so i think everybody we know has <laughs> on SoundCloud. <laughs> i i'll make it happen coach <laughs> all right uh trav i want to hear what you think about this dude a million dollars of course he, like a feature for a drake probably isn't even a million dollars i don't think yeah but you like you have to think about it. you have one million dollars and you can't you have to allocate that to everything so you got to get a producer an engineer someone to be on the track because i know damn well you can't sing excuse me yeah. <laughs> who who can't sing <laughs> yeah, exactly. i can be a hero baby you're telling me that's not number one on the West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna you can't create something that's already been created Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> You're telling me that's not number one on the chart. That's a voice of a songbird. <laughs> okay. But I'm saying for a million dollars, I can put together a producer, which I don't even need a huge producer. I can just find somebody on that wants to blow up. I'd probably get them for free and be like, hey, I got a Drake verse. I need you to make a good beat. They'll probably be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that for free because the future for them is going to blow up, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then everything in between, every everything else is probably free. And then I put Drake on the first on on the verse, and then I put me on the on the chorus. Oh man, that's <laughs> <laughs> all right. Leaving me off for real. Just have Drake Drake write a song. <laughs> I put Drake on the track. Easy number one, automatic number one. Mm. I, okay. I mean, I love that. I, I don't think there's a chance I could do it because you know how many people are out there that have like a million dollars in backing and still don't make it. So that's their problem. And you said it has to be the number one song or just make the top, top 10. Top, oh, 10. top 10. Okay. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm throwing Drake on this automatic number one. I don't know if Drake would do that though, for even for what, throw him 500K. I don't know if he would even do that. What about I mean, you gave him the whole million? Yeah, and then who? And then everyone you would just assume is just going to want to jump in on the track and make a beat for you. I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, well you're I giving mean, your go ahead, Bo. I was just say like in this day and age though, and I'm not you know I'm not hating on all new rap. There definitely is is newer rappers that I that I like, but you know being being a '90s kid, I like more of the hip hop and R and B. But with that said, like there is definitely some rappers like you don't really have to understand all the lyrics you could just do whatever if you got a sick beat people are going to play that and if it's something that mm-hmm. gets them to want to play it during the summer on the on the the long road or you're out at the club whatever like <laughs> you can make it happen this, and you can go to websites and find road. beats you can play, play in the summer on the long road i can't get over that dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is this, hey hey everybody this song goes out to all you guys who are on the long road <laughs> and by the way we're playing summer baby <laughs> it's a new genre where everybody likes it <laughs> Yeah, but like I just think that there's there's a few artists that no matter what you do, you're probably certified a top ten because 100%. people are people are going to play it just to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe or you're right. A sick music video and it just blows up anyways. So yeah, there you go. All right, yeah. boys. I love those answers. Makes me think. Um, Bo, like once again, appreciate you jumping on here. Um, everybody else listening, follow on the socials. Um, we're going to get some YouTube up. We're going to see Travis slam nine hot dogs, nine beers and nine innings, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, Trav closing statements. Bo, thank you so much. Uh, best of luck with COVID brother. I hope it it comes and goes easily. And I just want to thank everybody again. Great. Bo, any closing statements? 
thanks for having me, guys, and uh, really enjoy enjoy listening in, and uh, hope to be a guest another time. And uh, War Eagle. <laughs> don't don't bring that kind of juju on our podcast, please. <laughs> All right, boys. Hit it, Trav. Are you ready?